Hey, hey, it is Meredith, and I am giving you a recap on 2022. Bit personal, not gonna lie. So if you think that you do not care about this at all, you're not hurting my feelings to skip this episode. But I am gonna be giving you some pretty personal, juicy details on the year. It felt like this was a real reality TV show for me. I survived a gas leak explosion, went through a major breakup, met a new guy, got married, y'all, made a million in revenue had the attorney general of the EPA office track me down. There was so much that happened this year. It was kind of unreal. So I'm gonna open up about that because there's something about sharing it here that I, for some reason, feel a little bit more comfortable about than to actually put on social media directly, which probably is not logical, but so it goes. All right, so with that, let's hit a recap of 2022. Listen up, I know you have probably wanted a career that is meaningful, flexible, and pays well for a while now, but you never quite figured out how you could have it. Our Zone of Genius is teaching those looking for a lifestyle change become paid grant writers so that you can build a life that you love. And in this podcast, we share the real, behind-the-scenes strategies for turning your dreams into reality. And whether you decide to use grant writing as the vehicle for getting there or not, all we care about for you is forward momentum. All right, let's hit it. All right, so let's have a look at this time last year. We had actually just moved off of Facebook and we were our first few weeks into being on Circle. This amazing platform we absolutely love. Can't it, It's kind of hard to believe we've only been there a year now because we love it so much. The team was Alex, myself, Alexis was super part-time writing a few blog posts for us, and we had just brought on Heather as our community manager. We also had this gal named Cece, we love her, who was access to a bunch of other team members that helped us out, but we didn't actually access them directly. So we were two full-time and three part-time. That was us one year ago. Then I had gone through that crazy major breakup at the end of 2021, moving myself back from Boston to Alaska, did a substantial layover in Wyoming for a month, and I got so sick. It's not even funny. The last week of December before Christmas, I had 44 calls with members and people interested in joining the collective. I wanted to make sure I was being really accessible, but honestly, that many calls was insane and I got really sick and I was delusional thinking all I needed was a week of rest up at my family's little remote cabin in the woods and I'll be good as new for the new year. Well, that did not happen. I went on a road trip with a total stranger from the internet. It was a four day blind date in my car, driving it from Wyoming to Seattle where it was shipped. So that's a whole story that uh, frankly, I'll share a little bit about here, but I think I also wanna bring on Tobias to share it from his perspective. In this time of the year, I also put a really big burden on Alex to carry the company because I was so sick and I was in such a survival state. I could not film YouTube videos. I lost my voice multiple times. It was the first time in years I'd ever had to cancel a coaching call. And Valdez, Alaska at that time in January last year was hardcore. It was raining a ton and snowing a ton and it was just gray and cloudy and mucky. And here is poor Alex trying to hold up the ship while I also got my act together. So moving into February, we're doing a bunch of, of course, supporting our members in the collective, but I also had all of these live cohorts where we teach big groups of people how to write grants, which was great, but it's also very energetically demanding. And so the biggest week, second week of February, I was so much on my plate. It was insane, right? I had a whole cohort just that month, that week alone. And I was literally getting buried alive in snow. 
because we were getting so much snow. I went, I had one one hour meeting, went back out to my snowblower and there was four inches of snow on top of it. Like that is how much snow I was constantly trying to move. Like I just had to keep canceling things and move snow because I didn't have a huge snow plow. I had a bobcat skid steer and it, uh, it broke right in the middle of a huge snowstorm. We literally got like 10 feet of snow. And so I had to get very creative trying to figure out, well, what's wrong. I'm not super mechanically inclined, not going to lie, but fortunately figured out like how, what had gone wrong. I needed a new starter flying apart in, um, bartering with my neighbors to come plow me out. I mean, it was just this crazy, crazy time. Then, uh, it is Sunday, February 13th. I am actually relaxing, writing about how I'm going to slow down my life and really start recovering and repairing. When, uh, you all, probably know the story. If you haven't, just I'll link it below. But when I went next door into the tiny house, Alex and I were using as an office and the house exploded. There was gas that had, a gas line had been ripped off of the house from snow sliding off of the roof. And it had been filling underneath the tiny house. And uh, I happened to coincidentally be in the tiny house the moment that the explosion happened. So it's the next day, Monday, February 14th. I'd obviously stayed the night at Alex's. I am a freaking hot mess. I can't really get through much of my life because I kept having to use a lot of energy to push back having flashbacks, like being in the space. It's interesting. I'm actually, I'm like, is it an earthquake or I'm actually just shaking a little right now? I think it's the latter. And okay, so uh, yeah, I just couldn't process it all. The... Um, Flashbacks were strong. I wanted to cry. Couldn't really think. And that was actually the first day, February 14th, Monday, of our first ever team weekly sync. And Alex opened us up with an activity of two truths and a lie. And mine were so dark. I was like, I've been buried in an avalanche. I survived a house gas leak explosion and I broke my collarbone three times. And uh, frankly, <laughs> the gas leak story was the real one. Um, and yes, I broke my collarbone three times. So I needed to leave. I needed to get out of there. I couldn't obviously stay at that property anymore. And mind you, this was my ex-boyfriend's property. And uh, that was his, um, the actual tiny house that exploded was his twin brothers who did not really care for me very much. So I am packing my bag and Alex comes in. Usually you can hear, it's a tiny house, like you can hear anyone walking on the porch. She opens the door, comes inside. I have not heard her at all because I'm in the back room. The door slams and I freak out. I can look at this happening almost like I'm looking down on myself, not like it was me, but I scream and I like shake and kick my legs uncontrollably. And like, I couldn't, I was just really, really rocked. So yo, that is PTSD. Uh, and I needed to get, needed to get out of there. Fortunately, I had this whole, I don't really need to tell you the whole story. Cause again, you can just go watch the video I made. But I did actually have this amazing energy clearing session coincidentally timed for that same day with a member of the collective and she uh, worked wonders on me. I honestly didn't cry for several days. I was not having flashbacks. Like I was totally functional. It was amazing. So that really helped. But I ended up going, these are like parts of the story I've never shared before. So I was like, okay, well, this is convenient because I need to, I was going to go to Spokane, which is where I went to college and have a very special place in my heart. And there is this building that I just love it. It's this old boot maker, this incredible old equipment in there. And I thought, 
I really want to buy that building. Like my future vision is to create amazing housing for people, uh, young professionals and seniors. I think they have similar and interesting interests that align. And I, I think this would be the sweetest location ever and pay homage to this incredible history of this boot maker. Nobody makes boots like that anymore. Uh, and uh, then I get there and I spend several days there alone and with this old guy, he's like 95 years old and asking like, can I buy your building? And it didn't work out. Okay, it didn't work out. But it was me just like, I was batting big, right? I was going big. And it, it ended up being like this weirdly perfectly therapeutic thing to do because I was alone that whole time just with this old guy and really getting to kind of reflect on life, death, and the fragility of it all. Okay, so then on my way back, I am uh, this, this guy from the road trip asked me to meet his family at a wedding. And so that felt like a lot of pressure. And I was still, again, at this time, so sick that I told him I will go, but I can't do anything Friday night. And like, there's activities, right? I'm like, I can, I, I'm going to preserve my energy and I can make it for the wedding. Like I can preserve those amount of hours and give them to you, but like, I can't do anything else or I'll probably lose my voice. While I was on a ski lift, because this wedding was at a mountain, I get a call from attorney general of the EPA's office. And they said, we have been looking for you. And where are you? We need to talk. And obviously this was just a total anxiety spike. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? They had gone to Boston where I had lived previously, remember, knocked on the door, couldn't find me. And then because I was being pretty elusive on social media, they where they were completely tracking all of my online presence. They could not figure out where I was. They didn't want to go all the way out to Valdez, knock on the door, which would have completely given me a heart attack on top of everything that happened and find me. So they had to cave and actually call and ask where I was. And they did. They flew to Valdez and, uh, I haven't been able to talk about this at all and probably shouldn't because they told me not to, but uh, I hope that it's unlikely that they're going to listen to a podcast episode. But anyway, it was related to my past job and uh, and related to federal grants. And they were doing an investigation against my yeah former company and trying to see if like I played a role in that and uh, needed to be, you know, trucked down to Seattle for a court case. And so that was comical and like in the sense that you're like really like I'm really trying to slow down and this is happening now too like what is going on like things are so felt so out of control um it was fine because I have not (laughs) done anything wrong and they um were disappointed to discover I was not as juicy as they thought I would be um but it was intense like they had brought emails that I had written and had things highlighted and were making me read the um federal regulations back to them to, you know, just, it was just very kind of weird bullying and the whole experience was frankly ridiculous. Um, okay. So that happened. Then the day after the gas leak explosion happened, I had heard about this place that was going to become for sale. And I sent them pictures of the explosion. And I said, look, I, um, my housing situation just got a lot more urgent. I'd really appreciate if you would let me come see it. I know it's not listed yet, but like I am desperate. And they, they said, okay, come. And so I, that was when I hopped in the vehicle and drove back to Anchorage. And this was right before Spokane actually. And, and uh, they let me come have a tour of their condo. And frankly, I put in an offer the next week 
before the thing was even listed on February 22nd, 2022, 2020, is actually a lucky number for me. And, uh, and I got it. And the reality is they left 30, 40 grand on the table because it would have gone over asking for sure. This little condo is in immaculate condition. And you all know the state of competitiveness in the housing market during COVID. And so, uh, that was such a blessing. This condo has been a complete container for healing. I actually feel like I can relax here and rest, which has been hard for me to find places to actually do that where I feel safe and can just kind of process everything that's happened and sleep. Seriously, sleep and rest. Like I am in my unicorn pajamas. I think that's why I am drawn to the podcast again because I don't have to look great for it, y'all. You just have to hear my voice. Okay, then we roll into March. Uh, or April, I suppose. So got the condo, moving in, all of that. Then April, I am growing increasingly disconnected and uncomfortable with the idea of being with this amazing guy because I really didn't feel like I had the time I needed to be single and to heal and really go face my demons in Valdez. So, so I asked him, I said, look, like, I want to be with you, but I don't know if I need a week away or if I need three months single, but like, I need some me time. And he was so gracious. And he said, take it, take it now, or else you'll be taking it in five years. Like, go for it. Which was, I mean, he's such an amazing guy. So then I went to Valdez. It was National Unicorn Day, April 9th, FYI, if it's not marked on your calendar. I was getting the last of my things. And I had another healing session with that uh, member of the collective, um, Rissell Yu. And she had cleared and identified that I had a curse placed in my back. And this might sound just like woo-woo-y and weird and just hang with me. Because I'm like super skeptical and slow, slow to uptake on this stuff too. But boy, was she really helping me. Funny enough, whenever I had a memory or would think of this uh, twin brother, I would feel pain and discomfort in the upper part of my back. And when she addressed that issue of the, um, you know, the curse being placed and clearing it, I stopped feeling that way. I could have a memory, I could think of him and not physically feel it in my body. And that was huge. So I was a lot quicker than I was expecting, able to really release so much of the pain that I had associated with, um, I don't know, feeling let down and, 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 and things not going as, as well as I had hoped, right? Like I was all in on that guy. Then I went to Slovenia. Now, did I need to go to Slovenia on top of everything going on on my plate? No. But I told my best friend that I would go with her. She was doing a month-long walk around the Juliana Trail, which is totally cool. It's, um, I don't even know how long it is. It's, it's a lot of miles, like a couple hundred. And it's this beautiful circuit around the mountains into Italy, into, of course, Slovenia, etc. And the lesson here was, it is okay to change your mind, and I am not a bad friend. I was raised on the rhetoric that if you quit now, you'll be a quitter for life. And so I thought I couldn't go back on my word. And literally it is three days before I take off for Slovenia. And the only thing I have purchased is a plane ticket. I don't know where I'm going for the first week that I'm going to be traveling there solo. I had no plans. Fortunately, something, you know, the things that come with ease that I'm tuning into. I told friends I was going to Slovenia and one of them, Jenny, told me about her graphic designer that lives there. 
Well, that graphic designer uh, ended up hooking up the best time in my first week there. We went on this cool Via Ferrata climb. They took me out to dinner. They just really set me on my path of how to make the most of my time there in the week that I was spending by myself. But here's the piece of the story that I'm a little like, ooh, can't believe I'm going to share this, but here we go. Okay. So I'm in the airport in Ljubljana and I realize my, I'm very late. And so I buy a pregnancy test in German next to a bag of chips. And while I cannot read German, I had a pretty good idea what um, the yes, you're pregnant and no, you're not pregnant words meant. And so at this point, I, I was like, okay, I, this is crazy. Um, holy smokes. And here I am in this foreign country. And I just started this two week trip and I'm discovering this and I'm alone. And like, wow, this is a lot to take in. So I call up Tobias and I'll let him know. And he was, oh, he was so gracious. He held so much space for me. Um, and remember I had asked him to like, give me this space. And I really felt like it was sort of the universe's way of saying like, okay, you can have your space, but like, don't go too far. And so I proceeded to like have all of this time just alone. I wasn't working. It was vacation time. And I really processed my feelings around, around things. And, you know, thankfully my reaction wasn't like, oh my gosh, I am in an absolute fiasco. And like, I got to get out of this situation. Instead, it was like, I'm with a really good man. Like, this is this is all going to work work out. Um, and then we started hiking. I joined up Sophia to do this hike. And our first day, we hiked 20 miles with a freaking heavy backpack. And so I was doing very, very well with these really big days. But I was also having a lot of fear around childbirth because I grew up on a ranch, you all. I have watched a lot of cows have trouble birthing their calves. Okay, most of them do fine, but sometimes the yearlings don't, first-year mothers, right? I was like, that's going to be me. I'm all freaking heifer, and <laughs> and I might need some help. So I get back to Alaska truly in the nick of time because I then did not get off the couch for weeks or my bed, or as my grandma would say, I was up-chucking a lot into the toilet. I was very, very sick. And then I had a lot of guilt and fear because I had to tell Alex who's been on her own arduous journey to motherhood. That is her story to tell, not mine. And I realized how the heck, like this is, how am I going to tell her this? And also, is this going to break us? Is this going to break the future of loan grant writing? I cannot do business. I cannot do life without Alex. She is more than a friend, more than a business partner. She is my soul sister, but this is going to hurt her. So in June, of course, we sit down on the couch because Alex and I have an amazing direct communication and we talk it out and she's so graceful and, you know, Alex, she just, she held space and on top of all of her own pain. And I just have so much respect for her grace. Uh, She's taught me a lot about what it means to just be an, an exceptional human being. In June, all right, I'm going to share a trigger warning. So if you want to just like skip forward because of, um, Fertility stuff is not is not easy to think about or talk about. You just can hit the fast forward button right now. So go ahead if you want to do that. Hit a couple. All right. So had our ultrasound and um, we're my little honey buns is all crying because he's so excited. He's so pumped to be a dad. And there was no heartbeat. So this is all happening when Roe vs. Wade is getting overturned. And it was really frightening because I didn't even understand like what my options were now that I was facing this situation of a miscarriage. And I'll be honest that I don't really feel like I 
allowed or could process how I felt about it. Like I didn't feel crazy sad and feel like I didn't feel anything because I was just in such a blur and I was so sick during that whole time. And I think I was really hanging on for dear life. And what energy I did have, I was pouring into the members of the collective. Like I was showing up in the community group, but I wasn't really able to show up anywhere else. All right. So that moves us into the end of June where Alex and I go on our annual retreat. We always go somewhere and we plan for the year. We decided to do a yoga retreat in Denali National Park. And I am so sick at this point. Like, I don't, I mean, it's just TMI, but like I could not, like I had bad diarrhea. Okay, sorry, I'm just gonna say it. It was really bad. It was so bad that I couldn't really do yoga. And I was so desperate that this uh, girl that I grew up with actually in my hometown, K through 12, we've got lots of memories. She is a dog musher now up at Denali. And she had a lot of anti-diarrhea medicine for dogs. And she asked if I'd like to try it. And I was so desperate that I did. And guess what? Worst idea ever. My stomach pain was visceral and horrendous. So if you're tempted to take dog medicine because you don't have your own, just don't do it. That is a lesson. Okay. Uh, at that time, it's my birthday. And I get a text from my ex saying, you know, you took a bike rack from me. Okay, a $50 bike rack, y'all. It was an accident. I had four of them. I took five. Didn't realize one of them was his. He had gone all the way back to his 2018 purchases in Amazon to prove to me that I had taken one of his bike racks. I mean, it was just this, it just triggered all of this old anxiety of like, you are in a fighty mode right now. And I am feeling that energetically through the phone. And the, the gift of it all, the gift of that anxiety, the gift of that experience was realizing, Meredith, enough is enough. You need to move your website into your own control. I think I was not allowing myself to process actually how angry I was at this guy because I had to keep the peace. Y'all, the website is the lifeblood of our business. If you can't, we're on a website, can't find us, can't get to your course, can't do anything. And he had helped me build the sucker. And in every time I was having major issues with it, I had to ask nicely for him to help me fix it because it was so complex. I couldn't find anyone to, 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 to handle it for me. So this is another one of those examples of like things can come with ease if you open yourself to it. And so an old friend, he sat me down in a coffee shop. He said, Meredith, you're overreacting about this. It's going to go great. I've got someone who would be incredible to help you move this website over. And it's not a big deal. It's going to happen. You're going to have an even better website by the time you're done. So he introduced me to Hayden and then later his wife, Laura Ashley. In one month, he completely moved over my website uh, and at I mean, it's still a lot of money, but it wasn't like what I was in my mind imagining. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like 50 grand or something. Like I was really scared. Lots of fear, right? Lots of fear. Fear is not bueno. And, uh, and I have to tell you that when he officially, we like officially hit the button that transferred it from where it was to the new website, like making that change, I was expecting a huge release, like confetti to fall from the sky, my heart to clear, overwhelmed to dissipate. I was expecting nirvana because, okay, I am not tethered to this man anymore. And honestly, I felt nothing. I felt actually really kind of low about it all and kind of sad and uh, frankly, kind of really lethargic. So but nonetheless, I'm still freaking very happy about it. And I'm thrilled that I have my own website and I can, it's actually better and I can push changes. Like we went from trying to push production changes, taking 45 minutes for it to build to it takes literally 45 seconds to a minute tops. Like it's incredible, right? So I gained a lot more confidence in my ability to do hard things. But keep in mind, I'm still emotionally fried to a pulp. So 
at this point decide to annually, I like to go home to the ranch in Wyoming and my family had a really rainy hay season. And so they asked Tobias and I to help help out. And so we got on the mowers, these 1950s tractors, they haven't changed a bit and going to bajillion circles mowing. And it was so fun because Tobias always wanted to be a cowboy. So he's out living his dream. He's got my dad gave him a cowboy hat. He's just cheesing big time. He's having a great time. And I'm also having a great time because what I used to always love about hay season was that it is a mandatory thinking time. It is mandatory. Think about the most random stuff that you think, like, how can this possibly be good or meaningful? Like, can't I have good thoughts or not good, but like productive thoughts? No, you just think about absolutely the most random thoughts as they just come and pass through. And then there's increasing moments of silence and solitude in between. And it's so meditative. I'm telling you, even though you're listening to this mower that's like, you know, very loud and very intense. Uh, So the other thing that happened was uh, Tobias and I got married. So we've known each other for eight months and married. And you know whose idea it was? mine. So obviously we had planned on getting married when we were pregnant. And when we were no longer pregnant, I, I said, you know what? It doesn't change how I feel. Like I am, I'm in, I'm ready to go. You are a secure man and you adore me. And I, uh, I'm ready to commit to this. And it was perfect. We got married up at my, uh, family cabin, no running water, no electricity. My parents, Tobias's parents and my grandma, it was super intimate. My girlfriend and best friend, Sophia, she married, uh, she sent me a dress to wear. We went on a horseback ride before the ceremony to kind of work out some nerves. I, you know, tore the dress, <laughs> trying to cross the creek, catching it on a tree. It was low budget, right? Mom made dinner and we had a chocolate tort dessert and um, everyone shared some words of wisdom with us, which we have kept. And it was just so pure and so beautiful. Uh, during this time, Alex is on a sabbatical herself. So she, this gal has been through so much. She had held up the business for so long. It was her turn to take a break and she was moving out of Alaska. So they took their time to really enjoy the road trip down through Canada. And if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, be sure to go do it because it's really insightful what she gathered and learned from that experience. Then we roll into September. We have our first ever unicorn retreat. We host it in Sedona, Arizona. It was so intimate, so beautiful. It was, it was meaningful to have a conversation with every single person. Everyone discovered that I'm a lot shorter and smaller than they expected, right? (laughs) Big personality online, small in real life. And I was just great, like really relaxed. There was no anxiety and everyone just really took it down a notch and truly refreshed and restored themselves, gained clarity on their goals and leveled up in really big ways. It was powerful. It was a dream come true. I always wanted to host a retreat. A couple years from now, we'll do one in Alaska. I was also having all of these dreams every single night about Lucas, my ex, because I kept craving and in the dream that I was going to actually have closure, have a conversation because there was no... The closure was essentially like, you turd, I'm going to take my website and get it off. And like, you make me feel awful. And I just like, there wasn't an actual respectful end there the way that it actually had been when we'd split, um, in November before. So, um, that was weird. You know, it was just like, gosh, can these please go away? Like, I want to be over this. Like I literally just married a different guy. Okay. Like I'm done with this. Like I am done with this. 
One thing Alex taught me is like grief is not linear. Processing things is not linear and it's okay. Like I've given up the expectation that I, things have to be done and resolved and buttoned up on my timeline and they're going to have their own timeline and that's okay. And when we left Sedona, a very spiritually impactful place, the dreams went away. Not to say I'm out a few cents, but on the whole, they went away. They weren't an overnight thing. And I was me again. I had my energy. Like I was back to Meredith and we had just brought on a new marketing director, Shay, and she and I met in Asheville, North Carolina and went on this, to this, this marketing conference, sort of like a mastermind. Wow. It was so cool to just be back, to have my energy, have my fire. I, I hadn't seen that side of me in a year. It's kind of just a little numbed out still. And, uh, and just surviving, frankly, just surviving. What was cool about being in Asheville and then subsequently in LA and Nashville in the month after was getting to meet up with unicorns in our program in real life. I went on a hike in Asheville, went, uh, had coffee in LA with a bunch of members, um, had brunch with others in Nashville. It was so cool. And I have to say what was powerful about it is that every single day, literally every single day, there are wins and gratitude being posted in our community group. And there are amazingly nice things that are being said. And yet it's like, I've never let myself really feel it. Almost not like believe it, slow down and let the compliment that that is soak in. But when I was getting to meet unicorns in real life and hear their stories and hear about how their life was transformed because of our program, that was when I think I allowed myself to actually feel it and it was powerful. So we're going to do another meetup in Denver in a couple weeks, which I'm very fired up about. And I think I've won in New York City in April. So that's cool. It just really breathes some life into me and it's so cool to, I mean, honestly, I just feel so, so blessed that we built a business with people that we want to be friends with, that we want to have in our lives, right? And it's uh, it's just incredible. All right, so rolling into December, end of 2022, I am feeling scared, unqualified, and sh- frankly, straight rotten. I was being really, really hard on poor Tobias, right? I was just contracting and being really hyper freaking negative. And so I ended up, we were traveling together. He had a bunch of work training. So we were in LA, we were in Nashville, we were in Napa, we were all over the place. And I realized, you know what? All this travel is, is it's not really working out for me anymore. I need to, I need more stillness. I need more quiet. And so I, uh, he finished up his training in LA and I came back to Alaska and I didn't tell anyone I was here. And I just read books and went to sleep and had quiet and journaled and solitude did I mention sleep, right? You get like 10 hours of sleep up here because it's so dark, right? I got into my body and out of my head. And I have to say that the best thing that came from that was this realization that I can do this. I can lead us into our next year as a business. We can make the collective better and better and better. Like there's so much amazing things that can happen and I don't need to lose faith in myself to do it just because I've never done it before. It's what I'm expecting you to do. I'm expecting you to go into uncharted territory. Then why would I think that I am excluded from that? And I have to have someone else show me the way every step, right? Like there's, don't get me wrong. I really like learning from other people and invest in, in that knowledge and those relationships, just like you get out of by being a member of the collective. But, but at the end of the day, like the person that's doing the thing, doing it, 
It's you. It's me. And we can do it. So what I'm looking at is not really celebrating the new year, January 1st. I am celebrating it March 21st, which is solstice. When it's 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of darkness up here in Alaska anyway. I am trusting, surrendering, and allowing myself to just get out of the way a little bit more. Really focus on expansion, opening up, releasing moments of contraction. It was a big year for me, as you can tell. (laughs) And I know you had a really big year too. The world is picking back up and we need to be hyper intentional about who and what gets our energy, gets our precious time. As tempting as it is to just roll back into things full send. I encourage you to also think about like, what is the season of life that you're in? Is this a dig in deep season? Go for it. Or is this a restful season, a more spacious season? And uh, I think I got a lot of PR coverage for touting that I love my 24-hour work week. And I was thinking about it more recently. And I thought, you know, the only reason I had did a 24-hour work week is because I could not work more. It was simply not possible. I was too sick. And I was having to spend a lot of time going and doing blood work and health. Like I was convinced I was like literally had cancer and was going to die. Like I was like, oh my gosh, something is so wrong. At least a chronic disease, something. And so what I've realized is like the point is not to me how slow we can go. It's embracing a season. So as a season, right, for me, like I'm enjoying the fact that I've got three months of the season where I'm going to ski as much as I possibly can. It makes me so happy. And I've got all these projects I'm really excited about with my team. And I'm just going to lean into it. And then come summer, that might be a different season where I step back and um, get outside more and and go back to the 24-hour work week, right? So just want you to spend a little time reflecting on your year as well. If you haven't gone through a journal activity, um, I'll link one below that I really liked that I went through and did with Tobias as well. Because I think it's very important to look back before we can look forward. All right. That's a wrap, my friends. Okay, so if you want to have a conversation about this and you're in the community, you know where to find me. If you're not, I am really proud of this new webinar that we just put together and the website page that goes with it. So I'll link that below. Go check it out. Essentially, it's about how you create recession-proof opportunities. It is refreshed. It is reflecting this inflationary and recession environment that we're in and how you can respond to that in an expansive way, not in a place of fear, right? That's a big difference. Uh, and what it's like to actually be a member of the collective. All right, my friends, that's it. Thanks for listening. That was a lot of TMI probably, but hey, um, you probably had a similar journey as well where, you know, 2022 can be wild, but that's what builds our future years and shapes us into the person that we all are, right? All right, so with that, that's a wrap. Talk to you later. If you're burned out in your career, but know that you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you're not even sure if you'll like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without any prior experience. Two other resources to check out would be our free grant writing class on the website and picking up a copy of our newest book, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. Have any questions? DM us on Instagram at learngrantwriting, or if you're in the collective, you know where to find us. That's it for now. Go forth and build a life you love.